are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. And remember, if you want to support us, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. We'll talk more about that in a bit. We have a special VIP tier. And uh, it's a very exclusive, amazing club to be a part of. Uh, but the show this week is coming at you fast and hot this week. That's hot with a W. Hot! Because we have our first impressions of Doom Eternal gameplay and the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer gameplay, all with thoughts from the community once those trailers uh, were revealed this past week. And honestly, what's hotter than JRPG dialogue? <laughs> We will discuss that as well. What? That makes it. You will see. You will see. But the topic of the show is centered around how do we afford all these goddamn games that we play? You know, from being a bargain gamer to an avid consumer and everything in between. The topic this week is for everybody. So you don't want to miss it. Plus, we'll probably have some Dead Cells Roundup. Um, yours truly went viral on Reddit and Fallout 4 DLC talk. And. Of course, Shay's first foray to No Man's Sky will probably be streamed right in your faces. <laughs> and all that and more on this week's chomp horrific chomp cast. Well, let's get to some intro. Man, I got a lot of energy. I don't, this is unusual amount of energy. Anthony Fisher is here. We call him Fish. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, you're trying to come right at my energy there. <laughs> it's like two uh, energy rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> let's fight. It's like uh, it's like uh, the Kamehameha from Dragon Ball Z. You know how the they both meet their blasts meet in the middle and they start fighting each other. Uh huh. Yeah. Except except instead of like an energy blast, it's just our big wads of semen flying at each other. Oh yeah, that sounds messy, but okay. <laughs> and we have to like, that's more yeah. realistic. Yeah, I think that's that's more. I mean, fish, you kind of jumped in there, and I love where this went, but uh. My joke for you this week was that, you know, you're a frugal guy, by the way, we call him Fish, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Fish, I once, this true story, Josh and Shay, um, back when me and Fish lived together, I, he, I once saw Fish parlay a half-smoked cigarette into four hand jobs from a homeless person. So, um, do you remember that, Fish? <laughs> no, I don't. The problem was the homeless person was my ex-wife. So we're, oh. we're we're still fighting about that, but oh, no. it was at a dark this point, time. I'd rather hear about the story of you going viral than this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear the the details. I don't want to hear any of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember it. So I can even tell you. He's drunk. It was a dark period. I, it's life. more like I just want to forget that your ex wife even exists. Okay. Who the fuck is crinkling? <laughs> Who's crinkling shit? Live on the podcast. I had a, had a butterscotch. <laughs> Sounded like a cereal wrapper. It's a big butterscotch. Yeah. You don't move. <laughs> God damn it! I was trying to I was trying to unmute for the past five seconds. I was gonna say cereal wrapper. It sounds more like a velociraptor. I like that one. I like that one. Thank you. It's not terrible. Not terrible. Thank Um, you. But, um, well, Fish, we're glad you're here. (laughs) And, um, 
you know, if there's anyone who's gonna meet my energy, I definitely want it to be you, so. <laughs> Our blast ah, radius weapons. Man, ah, man. Uh. Oh, yeah, we're on the same plane. There we go. Yeah, that's my boy, Fish. We're on the same wavelength. Um, that very sad, disgusting wavelength. Uh, but thanks for being here. Um, up next, of course, from Japan, the one and only Professor Layton is here, Shay Layton, uh, back from his vacation. How are you doing, Shay? I'm good. Like I told you, it wasn't too much of a vacation. I worked for five days straight, but true. it was really good. It was really good. Uh, I had a fun time, got back. I was really sad for a few days uh, because I missed my kids and I missed everyone I was uh, with at the camp. And uh, I sat down and I um, fixed that with some Fallout 4. I thought you were talking about us for a second. I thought you said I missed my kids. I thought you were referring to us. I was like, oh, you're calling us your kids now. No, no, <laughs> you guys are all older than me. Daddy like, Shay? It's, it's, it's three. <laughs> you it's, would never know it from listening to them. That's true. It's three men and a baby at this point. I'm the baby. <laughs> you're the three men. Me and Shay. Not... Me and, <laughs> me and Fisher, not as good. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so I guess what's the proper word for that? It wasn't a vacation. It was a work-related sabbatical, perhaps? Work trip? Uh, it was work. Work does just fine. Work, work, work. <laughs> yeah, because I was there, like, five days, four nights, and I was working from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m., so Jesus. it was work. You get extra pay for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's wealthy. <laughs> I, uh, it was good though. Like they they fed us the whole time. We didn't have to pay, and it was good food. So we got free food the whole time, and um, I slept on a bed which is more comfortable than my own bed, as well, which was also nice. That is nice. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, sleep on the ground, good. right? You don't even you don't even use a bed. You no, no. So no, I wish no. Um, I don't know, I just said I wish. I'm glad I wasn't sleeping on the ground, but <laughs> No, it was like it was like one of those camps where you like sleep in a dorm essentially or a cabin. Mm. So Okay, like summer camp. Uh, it was summer. Yeah, it was, it was that's exactly what it was. It was English summer camp. Band so camp. it it was good. Uh no band camp. One no one stuck anything camp. up their pussy, as far as I know. Ah. And there's the, an Jesus. <laughs> What? Wow! Are you? How, wait, how, wait, you guys, you how guys are you so sure, Shay? You guys are groaning at me for that? You guys are groaning at me for that after you guys are talking about shooting semen at each other? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was talking about band what? camp. I don't know what the hell this thing in the pussy came from. When I was a kid, I went to band camp and we played instruments. I don't understand. Uh, American Pie. <laughs> I know, I'm just... I know, I know, I know. If you, went to, if you went to band camp, that You're going to have to make so it a little sense. bit more obvious than... That you don't understand something for us to realize you're joking. Okay, all right. I'm gonna, <laughs> I need That's to because <laughs> it's it's possible that I just don't know. Believe me, if there's a movie I've seen, it's American Pie. I mean, look who you're talking to. Have you ever seen Maniac Nurses Find Ecstasy? No. <laughs> is that like the? Is that an adult film or? It's like That's... a 1990s C-rate. Uh... I don't even know what kind of film it is. It's just bad. It's really bad. Hmm. Is it sort of like an over-the-top gore kind of comedy thing? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this one scene, actually, in this movie where this guy, this groundskeeper, he sets this gnome on the ground because there's a ladder going up to the second floor. So he sets it on the ground, he climbs up, and there's this woman, and she's naked, and like, uh, just the top half, and she's kind of just, like, dancing a little bit, and there, there's this, like, graphic in the background, like, as if you're on acid, and she turns around, she screams, and he freaks out, and he falls down off the ladder, and he gets impaled by the garden gnome, and he dies. Was it, the garden gnome was sharp? <laughs> What? I, it I was garden gnome like. Oh, okay. yeah. They yeah. have pointy hats, Morgan. What's it's what's, what's their one defining characteristic? Characteristic there. It's, <laughs> that's a, that's a really pointy hat. Um. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Dangerous. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, Gotta watch well, out for those garden gnomes. Maybe I'll Google that and put it on the VIP, so at least somebody will know that that's a real thing. Um. I'm glad <laughs> Shay's back this week and course uh from the uh wondrous state of michigan uh joshua fowler is here and you know if there's anybody that knows anything about a good value josh trades a little bit of his soul every time he has to podcast with me uh and for that i'm appreciative so we're glad you're here josh i'm really worried about my roi but we'll we'll keep at it for the time being Your soul meter is really going to drop today, Josh. I just have a feeling that this show is going to be particularly uh, rough on the old soul. I just look at it like a video game. Like, you have a little meter, and it's just dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Health is a resource. Well, I assume souls are as well. It's true. You know, Um, eventually he will die, but he'll come back and retrieve his souls. Oh, okay, okay. The next podcast, he does. He'll come back and just collect them all. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and he'll be stronger than before. <laughs> those, those yeah, he'll soul. use all he'll use all his soul points into mm. you know stamina. That way, he can live just a little bit more longer for you, Morgan. Just a little, just a little longer for me. Um, is that where you put all your soul points, Josh? And stamina. That makes sense. Where yeah. I put all my? I think I put all my. I, whenever I play those games, I always put all my points into uh, the the dialogue tree for like talking to people, like the which is a very Morgan thing, like where you know yeah. where there's charisma. I hate or... whenever that is something you have to put points into. Really, I, I do because you almost always get those points from killing stuff. So, in order to become a little bit better at talking to people, you just have to murder you know four or five more wolves. Well. <laughs> that's that's real life. It's hmm. true to life, Josh. Come on. You ever killed a wolf? That shit that shit breaks your soul. Makes you tough. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not gonna get nervous talking to a girl at the bar if you just killed a goddamn wolf with your bare hands. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You see some shit after that. Mm. Yeah. That's gonna help you out, fish. In the next couple of weeks, just go kill some wolves and uh mm, I like wolves, so mm. yeah, that's true. Wolves are a beautiful species. Kill they something are. worse. Okay. I don't know, but kill something worse. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, kill a turtle. No, you motherfucker! You don't touch me, <laughs> They taste better anyway. I, I was, turtle soup? Mm-hmm. I don't know how I missed it, but there's a scene in the office where Dwight gives um, Pam and Jim uh, a turtle and a device for killing them and juicing them. And I was like, what the fuck? I totally missed it the first time. Uh, and then like, the turtle like eats through the box and escapes during the wedding. And I was like, god damn it, Dwight. No killing turtles in my life. Um, anyway, Josh, we're glad you're here. 
course, I am Morgan from Montana. And like Shay was alluding to earlier, guys, it was pretty exciting this week. I went viral on Reddit, which is pretty cool. Um, I've been trying my whole life to... <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Come on. It was an exciting, it was an exciting moment for me. No, it's purely accidental. Um, I guess I just threw it up there because I'm trying out the Reddit scene, you know, for No Man's Sky because obviously I need somewhere to put all my creative energy into and I need other like-minded psychopaths like me. So That's true. You definitely don't want to put your creative energy into your fiance. That'd be a terrible thing. Uh, How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make this a real conversation. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Because I was talking about No Man's Sky, not about your life in general. No Man's Sky, his fiance, yes. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just cool. It's a cool Reddit just because people share discoveries. But the 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 funniest thing about it was I didn't realize it when I put it up. But I decided to create a base where you can like see the aquatic life from underneath, and I didn't think that was anything really special. But for some reason, it exploded and people thought it was the coolest idea ever. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, nobody thought of, like, building a base with a, a hole in the middle, a la Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, so, they, so that that was the number one comment on the Reddit page was... Uh, I still haven't gotten I, the, uh, the blueprint for Samuel L. Jackson. No. Damn. I've been trying to find that for What about the LL Cool J? LL Cool J is the cook. That, mm. that's, that's another... That movie's a real winner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fu- that movie's actually a fun. Has everyone yeah, here seen is. Deep Blue Sea? That's a, it's a fun B yeah, movie. Yeah, it's been forever. Mm-hmm. Like probably since it first yeah. came out. Since I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, so that kind of warmed my heart to see people like making all these references to like C Lab, the the old um, show we were talking about a couple weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> the number one comment with like 372 upvotes was the same old, or the Deep Blue Sea thing. You ever seen Deep Blue Sea? This is how you get Deep Blue Sea. So, that, that warmed my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, there's no way for anyone to trace this back to Sword Chomp, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> I wish I would have had Sword Chomp on the walls. I finally went viral after years of busting my ass for Sword Chomp, and it was the only way that you could never trace it back to Sword Chomp. So, that's, that's the world. Hmm. Way to go, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> God. But, uh, you know, if someone clicks in my bio, they'll see that in there. So, that was cool. I've been high on that all week. Um, but it's sort of like if you, the first time you had sex with uh, somebody you were dating and you gave them like 15 orgasms and then after that, they're just kind of expecting that. So every time I post now on there and if it's not going viral within three hours, I'm like, oh, should, uh, should I take it down? Uh, it's like, like I set the expectation too high for myself. Um, fish, I'll tell you what an orgasm I'm is. I'm surprised you know what it's like to give a girl one orgasm. Oh, God damn it. We just overlapped two burns on each other in the same 10 seconds. I was burning fish while you were burning me. Thank you, bad internet connection. <laughs> it's just, we're just one step ahead of each other. But uh, it's going to be a fun True. show. True. Um, I want, wanted to take a second to plug the VIP uh, Instagram. It's doing really well. Our Patreon page has been growing. And for everyone that supports us on the Patreon page for Sword Chomp, um, it means the world to us. It really does warm our hearts. Uh, because it helps us pay off some legal fees and then save up for some cool stuff for uh, the Chompcast and Sword Chomp. But if you want to sign up and support us, we're gonna have. I'm gonna get Fish to make a really cool video this week. Um, I want Fish to make something where he's like looking because he's been visiting his his. Um, let's put it this way: he has access to a lot of his classic games 
that he grew up with. So I wanted Fish to make sort of like a home collection, sort of like digging through the remnants of my life uh, video for the VIP. So uh, if you want to watch that, I'm going to get it from Fish. Whether he likes it or not, I'm going to get it. I'm going to suck it right out of him. So if you want to sign up, we have a really cool $5 VIP tier. Oh, he's showing me. What is that on the screen? So is that a Furby? I'm looking at a Furby now. <laughs> Why? It's the Why? old school Furby. It's not the it's not the refurbished or yeah, the I, see the refurbished I see that. I see that Furby, the, the third eye and everything there. Yeah, that little oh. infrared sensor on mm-hmm. there, so they could talk to each other. Man, mm-hmm. that explains the box too. That's... condition. If anybody wow. wants, you know, a circa two thousand. Do you Furby. really have one in the box? Are you serious? Yeah. Man, you, sure? you are a weirdo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a genuine weirdo. I love it. Um, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see because Fish is a crazy cat, and this explains a lot about who he is as a person. Let's see. Let's see that mint condition Furby. Where is it? No, uh, I'll show you later. I'll take All a right. picture of it and put it yeah. on my Instagram. All right. No. Okay. All right. No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. You will. You will put it on your Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah. Anyways, Patreon.com/slash/SwordChomp. It's exclusive. It's VIP. It's amazing. So, um, sorry, my baby just ran into the room. <laughs> Did you guys hear baby? <laughs> uh, definitely. That was just. I was like Morgan. Funny. Morgan just uh, regressed to baby form. <laughs> He's like, and and well, this on is Patreon, gonna be an da, interesting da, da, show. Huh. <laughs> that would be great. The whole podcast. We've been expecting this for months now, but it finally happened. <laughs> what happens? Um, <laughs> it, it took him talking about going viral for it to finally happen. <laughs> yeah, I think she just had a bath and my room was nearby, so they were changing her in. Anyways, um, uh, that's always cute. It's going to be a fun show, so, so we love your support, but let's move on. Topic of the show is a pretty interesting one. This was inspired by one of our Instagram followers, Mother Wolf, and it basically had to do with the idea of, like, how do we afford games we play? Are we bargain hunters? Are we... You know, do we buy everything that comes out? Do we have money for that? Do we have any techniques, tactics, things like that? And I thought this would be interesting for us because, you know, we, we are in a weird position where we play probably more games than most people do, you know, for the podcast. So I think that's my approach. I'm going to take to this briefly is sort of what I do as opposed to like what I grew up with or this and that. It's just how do I afford all the games I play for the show? I don't have a lot of money. I have a part-time job, partly stay-at-home dad, part-time worker, and then... Um, so I don't claim to have it. I have a, a mortgage for a home. I don't really have a lot of expendable income, but I'm able to afford generally everything that I want. And the reason is, um, I sell my ass on the streets. No, uh, the reason is, um, for me, it's always and been that's about- why he's still poor. He's still <laughs> poor because of that. Huh? It yeah, my ass isn't raking in like you that. really need to find something better to sell out there. I don't know. Or, Watermelon or seems to implants. do pretty well. Well, I heard watermelons, and would you say acid plants? Hmm. Ass implants. Oh, ass implants. Yeah. Okay. Just implant yeah. those things directly in there. And... Okay. That's not right. a bad idea. Two watermelons. Uh-huh. Two watermelons right in your okay. ass. Uh-huh. Two water. Yeah. Um, I, I hate watermelons. If I was going to sell anything, it'd probably be uh, some sort of citrus fruit. Uh, yeah. So, Good luck growing know. those things in Montana. Yeah. Not... <laughs> I don't know. You probably can't. I, I just. Uh... I just imagine you opening your skin, just putting a pack of lemons in each ass cheek. Just a Ooh. nice lumpy ass. 
Ooh, a lumpy, like lemon. That what's that lemon guy from Adventure Time? I forgot his name. Anyways, um, so for me, I'll just say briefly, and then we could pass along. It was like I don't know. It's the crazy lemon guy from Adventure Time. It does the. Um, but my approach has always been this for the show, and that's because I played almost everything I've wanted to play this year, and that is finding good trade-in value and rentals. Now I know that sounds self-explanatory, but I'll say this. I am lucky that I have a local rental store that has saved my ass on many occasions. Most people don't have those anymore. Like Redbox is a valuable tool, but the classic rental store is not a huge thing. That, that, the picture I used on the Instagram this week was from a broken down rental store in my town. Like, I don't know if there's more of those in big cities, but I know that rental stores are not super easy to find now. But I do have one in my town. It's a really nice guy that owns it. And he gets fairly regular games. So like that rental store has saved my ass. Redbox on many occasions has saved my ass. And then of course, trading in games is something a lot of people have issues doing, but I don't keep ties to anything. I'm just like, whatever, I will trade this in for value. And that's the sad thing. If GameStop goes under, I am going to be fucked because, you know, I, I get a, a lot of value through GameStop as much as shit people like to talk on GameStop. So those are my big things is like, we could talk about trading value all day. I find creative ways to trade my stuff in. But the big thing for me is rentals have saved my ass, but I'm fortunate in that regard. So I would say maybe look around your town and maybe there's some like small mom and pop shop. Like I didn't even know the rental store in my town existed until I was really just digging around and I found it. So maybe there's a smaller rental store in your town that can, that can hook you up or, or Redbox. Um, but I don't know. How do you guys, Josh, do you, what's, do you have like a strategy when it comes to this or kind of thing for the show or? Um, for the longest time I used Gamefly, um, it's because they are generally pretty good about having, I mean, they'll always have everything new, but Mm -hmm. whether they have enough copies of new stuff, um, generally they're pretty good, but it kind of depends if it sneaks up on them. Like, uh, I mentioned before how I was just unable to get them to send me Octopath Traveler because I don't think anyone really expected that to review well or anything it just yeah it, surprise it yeah yeah it was a big surprise kind of out of nowhere um and so they just they never had a copy to send me and i finally broke down and just bought it um but gamefly has helped a lot for the for the most part for games that i'm kind of on the fence for games that i wouldn't play that i well that i wouldn't buy usually is kind of what gamefly does for me, anyway, will just kind of let me try games. Yeah, for for a good price. This podcast, by the way, brought to you by GameFly. Use the mm. code SwordChomp for fit. No, that's not true. No, no, true. no <laughs> would be nice. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Like, if anything. Um, so yeah, GameFly is a good one. Yeah. What about you, Game, Fish? GameFly. But well, anyway, I was. Oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt you, Josh. You got more? Well, I mean, that's that's for the podcast. As far as okay, for okay. F- those are those are I use GameFly for games. Bigger games that are new that I'm on the fence about. So that's kind of yeah. its job. Um, but for games that I'm actually interested in playing, um, generally I'm more interested in what a lot of the smaller companies are doing at this point. Like, I don't buy a lot of $60 games anymore. Like, I'll maybe buy a couple a year, but I get a lot more $10, 20 $30 games every year. Um, which is just a easier on the wallet to begin with, and b you find them on sale fairly often as well. Um, 
So yeah, Steam sales and the like let me get most of the games I want to play, just just buy them outright. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same way, just rationing them out. Um, Sashay, I saw you raising your hand on the webcam. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. Who wants to leap in there? Go for it! Jump in there, tiger! Yeah, so, I have, like, we have a few methods, like, that we do on the podcast for that, and then a few that, you know, I've learned over time. Uh, so one big thing that we do, uh, that really helps us, and it's mainly thanks to Josh, is we share Steam libraries. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah. that's, yeah. that saves us a ton of money on video games. Uh, so we've pretty much all shared each other's Steam libraries, and the only bad part about that is that, you know, if one person's playing a game and then you want to play it at the same time, obviously the person who bought it is going to be the main person, so that kicks the other people off, which is not a huge yeah. deal well, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but... well, not not just playing the same game, but playing anything on that account. Oh, okay, that's true, yeah. yeah. That is true. That is true. So... That you got to kind of be careful of. For me, it works out because I'm in a very different time zone. So if Josh is wanting to play a game from like 8 to 4 his time, then I can hop on after he's done because, uh, well, not after he's done, a few hours later because it's like 3 in the morning for me or 5 in no. the morning for me. But yeah, it, I mean, that that is one way we've saved money here um, at Sword Chomp is kind of sharing each other's libraries. Um, another one that I'm surprised more people don't use is the PlayStation Share Play. Really, I mean that mm-hmm. that is of, one. Have you used that, it? I haven't, and that's well. You, I've asked you guys multiple times. I've offered it rather, and then you guys never have taken me up on it. Like I've offered Fish to play Hellblade, which she never did. Um, and you that's know, just other games. Fish you. Uh, no, he doesn't, because. He ended, we ended up convincing him that, uh, you know, that belonged in the top five games of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't say he hates me. That's right. Fish hates me. I'm sorry. I forgot. That's true. You're right. But no, one method that I actually really wanted to talk about um, in this topic that I've told these guys about that I don't know if a lot of people know about is go, when you go to GameStop, uh, they have a policy that basically if you buy a used game, you can return it within seven days and get your money back. Yes. As long, as long as you have a receipt. As long as you have that receipt or you have like a, a power a power up membership and then it, it could be on your history, but it's better to have the receipt. So let's say that I go to GameStop and someone bought the new I don't know, the new Call of Duty. And they're like, Oh, I hate this game, I didn't like it. But you kinda wanna try the new Call of Duty. So give it a few days. And then you go into your local GameStop and you're like, oh, they have the new Call of Duty used. Got to get kind of lucky there, but you go and you buy it. You play the shit out of it within six days and then you go return it. You get all your money back and then you turn around and buy another game used That's for the up. same car. It's not fucked up because here's the thing. It keeps the people going back into the store. It's a weird policy, but the thing is, is it keeps customers coming back in. And at the end of the day, if they like that game enough, well, then maybe they'll just keep it, you know, and then they'll come back in and get another game. Or maybe they come in to use that policy, but they're like, oh, I played this game 
you know, like six months ago and I really liked it. Now it's a little bit cheaper. I'll just buy it and keep it now so I can finish it. It's not, it's not a fucked up policy because the game's already been bought and sold to them at that point. So someone already bought that game brand new for $60. That goes on the numbers that that game's been bought for the companies. So they make that money or they make those numbers. And then GameStop, you know, they buy it back for, you know, some people say pennies on the dollar, whatever you want to say. And then they turn around and sell it, you know, for considerably more to make profit margin. And you're just capitalizing off that. Now, well, the, but the that's mon- my question, though. If Because the company would make money, but wouldn't technically GameStop be hurting a little bit? I mean, well, it's sort of... You know, that's 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 their problem. That's their policy. That's their problem at the point, you know? Um, I mean, they designed the policy. You're right. I, I You know, there's not like someone forced this policy upon them. So. Right. And think think about it. Think about it at this point, too. So, say, say you are a little bit more of a forgetful person and you're trying to be mindful of that policy and you forget. Well, then you just got stuck with a game and then GameStop made their money anyways. And that... that certainly happens you know there's some people who are like i'm going to utilize this policy they forget and then they they either have to trade in the game or they have to keep the game you know that happens they make their money either way gamestop yeah. makes their money either way that's fair but for you but mm. for you as as a consumer yeah. so it's like a free sh- rental where if you're a day late it costs you 30 dollars <laughs> or more yes <laughs> yeah right so i mean it's it's one really good way to save your money is to do that. Um, I would say the, the other big way, and I think this is the most common way for us gamers to save money, and I actually feel more conflicted about this, is waiting until big sales like Black Friday sales or Steam sales. Yeah. I feel a little bit more conflicted about that because then the um, the companies who make the games don't get as much money and they don't hit their numbers immediately. I kind of feel bad about that, you know? If I had waited for six months until Owlboy went on sale, I would have felt really bad because that was a game I was really looking forward to and I wanted to support that company. The game was nine years in the yeah. making. But at the same time, if you are on a budget, you know, you have a family, you can't yeah. go out and buy brand new games, at least you're buying the game brand new, mm-hmm. and you're getting, it, you're getting it on sale. So big sales like Steam sales, um, which they do quite frequently, thankfully, and then, like, Things like the systems do Black Friday sales. Those are always a good time to buy games. Always yeah. a good time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's well, on the most, system itself the fence, or what, whether you're on the system itself or you're buying on Amazon Black Friday deals. Because they also sell the physical copies and the digital copies through those Black Friday sales on Amazon. Yeah. And more than likely, if you're on the fence for a game, you're probably going to... Like, if you want a game right off the bat, you're probably going to buy it. I mean, the reality is most people that wait for sales are people that are not convinced anyway. So, it probably That's true. Out. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Like, that's why I'd, if I'm on the fence, I'll, I'll wait for it to be on sale. Or if it's something that I want to play for the conversation, that's kind of, like I mentioned before, if I need it right away, rental is fine in order to yeah. not just break the bank to go out and buy everything. Um, yeah, See, kinda... and that's a problem I have. So I'd, like, I'd, I will give people advice, but I'm not the best when it comes to this because I remember at one point, my family, I was in $500 in debt before I moved in with my fiance. And I was still, I think, 
I cut I I cut back on my own personal dinners so that I could buy a game for the show because I'm a psychopath. So like I don't know if I can give people <laughs> the best advice when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Because so I was like, well, um, I need to buy No Man's Sky and Hyperlight Drifter, and uh, I think I can probably eat spaghettios yeah. for a couple days. So. Yeah, the show does make it kind of a different situation, but. Now, I kind of agree with you there, Shay. Wait for stuff to be on sale. I mean, you can you can go a step further and game the way I did when I was in high school. Just always be an entire generation behind, yeah. and you can buy stuff for free. How does that see? I don't get that though, Josh. Like True. theoretically, how can you be interested in a game but wait that long to play it? Patience. There's tons of games like out there. How tons are you that? Tons of games. That, I feel like if you're that interested in it, you'll probably play it right out the bat. Like if I no. if I'm gonna wait, to, there's uh, tons. Of, you'll never play all the good games. I play that's every true. game that I like to play. Yeah, but that's no, you but don't. that's your style though. Is I the thing do. the thing that's the thing is that's your style. I mean, like when I used to work at Hastings, which is about 12 years ago now, uh, there'd be some people like who got on the Blu-ray. Uh, HD DVD train right when those two were first coming out and competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And people got really into that. And they wanted all the newest stuff. And then there were the people who were going in there who were just then upgrading from VHS. Because they knew mm-hmm. that DVD was starting to go down in price drastically. And that they could get their favorite DVDs or brand new DVDs for super cheap. Because they knew that yeah. that that generation of technology was rotating out. And that is not a bad way to do things. That's where actually a lot of um, foreigners who come to this country, they actually do that. Instead of hanging out on, on the newest technology, they just get one generation behind because then they fill that, that desire and that hobby to play video games, but they don't need the newest one because there are so many games out there. Um, and it's not just, yeah. the thing is, you which cannot catch I do up. agree with Josh, you can't, uh, can, because like, even I though don't. Morgan, that you've played a ton of games, well, hear me out before you be closed minded. Um, you've played a bunch in the U S but you haven't played a bunch of games in different regions. So there might be games that you're actually interested in these different regions that you've never even played, you know? And like you yourself had just been t- messaging me this week saying, how you haven't played enough of Fallout 4 and you would like to play it more again some point. So yeah, maybe you've played a little bit of those games, but have you spent that sheer amount of time that you may have wanted with those games? So I mean, to some degree, I, degree, I agree with Josh, but at the same time, I am more, more leaning towards what you're saying, Morgan, in the sense of I wouldn't want a game a generation behind but that's just my prerogative. Some other people are different in that regard, and that is one way to save money. Yeah, yeah. And that that's fair. I guess that the better way for me to phrase that, and that's a fair point, would be I'm built differently. I will never look at a game as, oh, that looks cool. I'll wait for it when it comes. Some people like like, that game, I'm really excited about that game. I'll wait for a year, and it's like, I'm not built that way. If you are, then you're lucky because, like, Fish used to drive me crazy um, because he used to, like, just be like, so lackadaisical about everything that would come out. I'd be like, is there anything that you see? Like, when I watch a trailer for a game, like, my fucking heart will be pounding in my chest and I'm rock hard, you know what I mean? Like, I just chugged a bunch of Viagra and Fish is just like, meh, I'll play it eventually. Meh, you know, <laughs> whatever. 
Yeah, I have that kind of attitude, and it's actually saved me some money doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's true. Not, fish not, isn't not, not fish not isn't out in the, the street hype. selling his ass like some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. the money's right. going other places, but we don't have to uh, talk about that. <laughs> I'm saving my dignity <laughs> by not selling my ass. But no, I I, I agree with Shay like. Taking advantage of that GameStop policy is, oh my gosh, that is, that's been a lifesaver. I've used that at least four or five times on different games and returned them either within that week or right at the seven day mark. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the customer service people actually tell you like, Hey, if you don't like the game, just return it to us. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay. That sounds good. Even if I like the game, though, you know, eventually I would like to buy it. But uh, if I don't have the money for it or I'm just strapped for cash, like I would just I would take advantage of that. The hard thing about doing that, though, is usually I want to get it as it's released and play it. But it's very hard to get, you know, used copies of a fairly new game within the first two weeks. So that kind of blows it out of the water as far as trying to stay current current with what comes mm. out That's so true. um but it is a good way to you know get games play fairly new games within a month of after them releasing in uh, the GameStop stores getting used copies of them and you taking advantage of that seven day policy full return um also Redbox is okay as their selections are usually the more mainstream popular titles yeah um and that's understandable because you know that's right up your alley fish mainstream popular i don't know (laughs) i'm not not going after the call of duties or the maddens or the nba 2ks Uh, and those things are fully stocked with them but yeah i mean generally you can find the big hitters from them yeah um, and then sometimes surprises like we got Shadow of the Colossus this year on the at yeah. Redbox. Like Redbox has been branching out a little bit. Yeah, that that is a little weird, but yeah. it is how forward thinking of them to stock one of the most influential games of the last decade. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying it doesn't why, seem why like would they think, they think would. that anyone would want to play that? I have no idea, Josh. But let's ask him. Mm. Here today on our podcast is Redbox. <laughs> President, I don't fucking know his name. Okay, another <laughs> joke. It's me, Fish. That's all I'm you president. came in with, Fish. You limped in with that one. Huh. <laughs> you could have pretended to be the fucking Red Box president, and you limped in with "It's me, Fish." Is that Actually, your go-to you... move? <laughs> it's me, walk into fish. a fucking orgy. It's it's me, Fish. And then all the women flock. <laughs> Everyone's in the middle of fucking, and he just opens the door, and he's like. Hey, it's me, Fish. Hey, and everyone just kind of looks at him for a few seconds. It's like, and they all stare the over up. at him, and then just keeps going. as as the fumes blow his hair back, his luscious mane fluttering the, in the, the fuck fumes. fumes. The vape fumes blow his hair. <laughs> True. Back. I love the idea that he just comes into a room and it's just a cloud of smoke until he emerges. But um, so okay, yeah. So Redbox, yeah, but I think Redbox is is. The problem is that it's a little expensive for three days, but it's much cheaper if you don't end up liking the game. So, yeah, that and if you way. know you could beat it within uh, within like a week, it would probably be best to. 
If it's like yeah. one of those single player type of campaign like games. Call of Duty. You beat Shadow of the Colossus in one day, didn't you? I did, yeah. I love that game so much and <laughs> one, yeah, beating it one, one day. day is just great. Wow. Oh. It felt great. It reminded me of the good old days of just like <laughs> plowing through a whole game in one night. Mm. I did that with uh Star Fox sixty four. Like I I beat it the second mm. day in the morning and I looked to my mom and I was like well, I beat the game. She's like, I just bought you that game. It was seventy dollars. Oh. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> and that's when the guilt first hit fish right in the heart. <laughs> and and that's when you said, yeah. and you know what? Go get me another one and some Cheetos. Let's go! <laughs> wow! Wow! Get my flaming hots, Mama. <laughs> flaming hot. Ma'am, 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 bring me Cheetos. Ma'am. Ma <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's good, Fish. I think um, we have some cool comments I wanted to run through here. Basically, the answer is we're all over the place. Um, local rental stores, Redbox, look for deals. Oh. Use GameStop's system against them. There's, uh, there's so many ways. Um, what's up, Shay? We forgot one. Emulators. Emulators oh. are a great way to save money on old school games because like oh. some some of those games are goddamn expensive like if you ever wanted to play yeah. earthbound on the snes for example that game sells or retails for about a hundred dollars on average Ugh. you Ugh. emulate it though you can play which i'm not saying i condone i'm just saying it's an option that's, uh, that's true that's true no that's a fair i'll i hey yeah I, i'm a believer generally that generally they play better as well for for example uh, i would suggest going out and buying like an old ps1 copy of like some of the re remakes of the you know final fantasy games just so you can say you supported them or something but yeah. then then emulate them because they've not really up up until well, recently with some yeah. of the pc releases very recently they just don't run very well well, that's the thing. If I bought the game before, I'm not going to feel guilty about fucking emulating it. I've given them my money already. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, I'm a, prin I'm a person of principle. That's and true. That's something I'm... That's a very good mm -hmm. point. That's a good point. Like, I own multiple copies of my favorite game, Shining Force, on many systems, and I still have emulated the hell out of that game because I mm -hmm. own it on... I own, like, two Sega Genesis copies. I own it on the Game Boy Advance, like, that version. Mm -hmm. I yeah. bought the, like, the Xbox 360 Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection with it on there. I mean, I bought it so many times that at this point, I just, <laughs> right? I don't feel bad about emulating it at all. But, like, yeah, I mean, if there are games that you don't own, yeah, you should still buy it um, in some way, shape, or form. Usually there are digital copies for a lot of those versions. But... Like Josh said, a lot of um, those like those ported versions just aren't as good. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really option. not until recently that Square Enix has really started to actually put effort behind those things. Like their their last right. couple I, releases have been good. Like it, it's it's really well, it's the the Final well, Fantasy Nine and Final Fantasy Twelve yeah, remakes that yeah. just remake. I mean, they're essentially remakes that just came out. They yeah. put they put the effort into making the PC versions of those just work, uh, and work uh, well. Twelve in particular so. was like a mm -hmm. completely re reimagined thing, where I think nine was more of just a right mild touch up. Yeah, I no, remember nine was nine was huge. Okay. Nine, 
They didn't know if it was coming out on the PS1 or the PS2 when they were developing it, so they created textures that they could have on the PS2. Then it realized they realized that it wouldn't actually work out for them, and uh, so they had to basically just downscale everything so it would run on the PS1. And that was the game they shipped. Interesting. So, yeah. The, the yeah, new version I, has actually got all their new... Well, all the original higher-res assets put back into it. And they also added in some leveling tweaks, just like they did with the Final Fantasy XII remake, in order to kind of speed things up where they were too slow game before. Flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I remember back during the 360 era... When they, um, when Microsoft decided that they were going to include the original three Mortal Kombat's as a, like an arcade item, and like some of my friends and I were super excited because we're like we're just going to beat the shit out of each other online. <laughs> and then when, when we bought it, it was just such a terrible port, like it was uh... absolutely horrendous. And that's been a problem, for, like Josh has been alluding to for a while. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, as interesting as the emulation conversation is, the reality is that's generally older games, and I think when people are talking about a lot of these newer games and how to afford them, I think the biggest emphasis for me is just see if you can find a way to try it first. I don't think most people mind spending money on a game they like, but it's scary if you don't know if you're going to like it. So um, renting has really saved my ass. Um, Other than that, we've hit about a million different options. I want to run through some comments here. Every Thursday at Swordchomp on Instagram, we like to get the community involved and we kind of run through some comments and we talk about them as a group. Um, Let's see. Mr. Hicks 229 said, I like to wait for holiday and other discounts unless I can justify spending the fully $60 on it. Like I'll be doing Resident Evil 2 remake, which we already talked about a lot of those uh, Steam sales and holiday. A lot of PlayStation Flash sales. There's, I feel like there's sales fucking all over the place now too. It's just like... Do you want to wait? Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I, I think the sales really have been a nice, a nice change over the last, I don't know, se- several years now. I'm not going to put a number on it, but um, I think companies have finally realized that making a couple bucks off of one of their old games is way better than not getting any sales off of it. Zero bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So you can, you can pick up some nice, nice stuff if you're willing to wait a little bit, which is... And if it's digital, then they know you can't return it. Victor.Alberto.Godinia said, I honestly believe that if when a new highly anticipated game comes out, you don't have to be the first to buy it. I've been gaming on a budget for the past couple years. I now have a backlog of over 75 games that I'm slowly chipping away at. Buy games on sale. Why buy one game for 60 when you can buy five? Well, I'll tell you why. I cannot wait one hour more than I need to if it's something I'm excited about. But, Victor, I'm very jealous that you're able to do so. So, props to you. Um, BKIM underscore, let's just say BKIM said, plenty of opportunity for sales throughout the year. Also, seems like most AAA games drop in prices in three to six months of release. Um, what really saves me money personally, though, is buying a base game and sticking to the core experience. I have no issue spending mm. $60 on a game, but I'll pass on hundreds on the hundreds people soak into the hats and shitty DLC and microtransactions and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't think that's like a problem with people who are asking how to game on a budget. 
because um yeah like all those all those those skins and stuff just they're pointless you know like the the times that i played fortnite there are people roaming around with all this you know all these skins and stuff and i just i don't care about that you know um yeah 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 i mean if you're able to buy skins and you're probably not looking to game on a budget so <laughs> it's probably what it comes down to. Do you mm-hmm. spend twenty dollars yeah. on a stupid I, hat? That that being said, not all DLC is created equal. Some of them add plenty of content for the for the money. If yes, if yeah. it's a game you really love, a lo- it's worth looking into. You know what some of the people, so, some other people are thinking about the DLC because sometimes it is very worth it to pick up those expansions and and the like. Um, like, for example, the the Breath of the Wild DLC was a ton of extra content uh, and new difficulty modes and stuff like that. So if it's a game that you're interested in, you know, spending 80 bucks for the game and the DLC can turn, you know, a 150-hour game to a 300-hour game if, if it's something you want to stick with for that amount of time. And... 80 bucks for that much time spent into a game is a great way to do it if it's just something that yeah. you really love. And there's some fucking really kind people in the industry like Sean Murray that's giving you all the updates for free. So millions of hours for free. Uh, one of our um, G Barber 98 said, I have a bad habit of full price games weekly or at best monthly, but if I can wait for deals like I got Andromeda for $9 a while ago, but I have an even worse habit of buying games and never playing or downloading them. See, that's one thing I don't run into, Josh. I know you do. I have never had an issue buying a game and never playing it. So even though I have an issue waiting, I can't wait a minute to play a game I want to play, I don't have a backlog. So I guess that's one positive to my personal situation. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean, I've got, let's see, two dozen games sitting here on this backlog, but it's not like it's a ton of money invested there that is just sitting there here's the question josh andromeda worth nine dollars i didn't play enough to say <laughs> i didn't know I didn't like because i played it when it was new and it was horrible 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 it, it's probably worth nine dollars now if they've from what i heard they fixed some of the glaring glaring issues well the value is rough like if i i could buy it for nine dollars but i would never want to play it so like it doesn't work for me personally. that's well that's where i'm at like even if they fixed a bunch of the stuff i had some major systems issues that i just didn't like with it's hard to fix soullessness it. so well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not josh all about that his soul is being taken from him every day. Mm. Um, Gilbeezy Skit said, I buy too many games I'll never get around to playing, all digitally, and then I cry I have no money and no way to trade them in. It's working pretty well so far. So that's a joke from our <laughs> good friend Gilbeezy. <laughs> that's fair. You know, there's one way we didn't actually talk about that that comment kind of reminds me of is um, if you're like, if you're really, really just hamstrung for money and you really want to play a new game, just uh, just go find your mom's credit card. And <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do not condone that. I'm kidding. 100% joke. Wait, Fish just left. I think he's going to get his mom's credit card. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think he's not getting video Mom. games with that credit card, though. <laughs> um, headquarters said, I look ahead in the year and pick the games in which I'm interested in purchasing two, maybe three. September is stacked with great games, but I'm only buying Dragon Quest Nine. And gonna wait to play Spider-Man and Shadow the Tomb Raider at a later time. 
And see, the way I look at those, like, I look at that batch right there, and I would say Spider-Man and Tomb Raider are easy rentals for me because I'll want to play them for a couple days and talk about them on the show. Don't want to own them. But that's me. So, like, if you, the more you know yourself as a gamer, the easier that decision is going to be. Um, yeah, good comment, though. Uh, I'm, yeah, let's see. Messi.Valoni said, I buy my games mainly from sales, too, and trying to play them at least fully through, if not chasing every trophy. Sometimes when I'm really, really eager for something, I might buy the thing for full price near the release date, but otherwise I'll wait. See, yeah. and a lot of these people are just patient. I'm very jealous of these, yeah. these people well, that can just wait. That's, that's, I don't see this as much on other systems, but on Steam a lot of times, if it is something you're looking forward to, a lot of the time you'll get a pre-order discount as well. They'll have like 10, 15% off if you get it, if you just pre-order the game. So if yeah. it's something you really want to play... PC gaming can be fairly cheap. I mean, the machine, the initial upfront price can be expensive, but if you need a computer for other stuff in your life, it's, it's a cost you're going to kind of have anyway. So... You know what's interesting about that, Josh, yeah. is like the idea of... Hold on, I lost my train of thought. We'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> uh, God damn it, you had me thinking about something and then I, I totally fucking lost it. But um, <laughs> it'll come back. Uh, freaking Tony J PS plus has been a huge help winter sales GameStop buy two use get another free oh yeah um, I, I used to love buy two get one free that's like I mentioned before with the buying a system behind mm -hmm. like I'd go into GameStop with 15 20 bucks come out with three new games yeah oh I remember I was gonna say Josh I think if, if developers wanted to like really get better first day sales what if they said if you buy our game day one $60, you get access to all the DLC for free. Wouldn't that encourage people to buy the game more, don't you think? Like, maybe they buy it for $20 used, and they buy the $15 what? DLC. If, if Shay knew he was going to buy Fallout 5, and, and they were going to give you all the DLC if you bought it for $60 day one, wouldn't you be like, fuck yeah? The point of the DLC, though, is for them to make that extra money that they don't make from having that from $60 price point. That six, like we've talked about so many times, that $60 price point is outdated in, in terms of, um, I don't know, money economics, I guess, would be the way to word that, because, you know, games have been $60 for years and years. So one way they make that money back is charging a little extra for DLC. Now, there have been promos where... If you do buy the game day one or you pre-order it through some places like Target or Best Buy or GameStop, you do get access to mm -hmm. an exclusive DLC. And that is a really good way because then those hardcore fans do get access to that yeah. exclusive DLC. But if you're not a hardcore Usually fan... Usually that stuff's like... Generally. Generally any of that pre-order stuff is cosmetic though because they don't really want to alienate anyone else who you know finds out the game is good instead of being gung-ho about it with absolutely no reason to be mm -hmm. um so yeah that, that's um, that's so stupid like i get it like if i was a huge like i am a huge fallout and sky or not skyrim elder scrolls guy and if i did find out you know like there was some exclusive dlc and i want to reserve it and all their reserves were sold out i would be a little bit pissed at that and i get that but generally they make enough copies for the re the pre-orders that i think that would be a smart market ploy 
I mean, yeah, you're going to piss off some fans, but... Well... Oh, well. You're going to piss off everybody with everything that you do at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I can see giving... It shouldn't be exclusive. Like, I'm, I, I'm fine with, like, the exclusive cosmetic stuff or else just whatever the other DLC is going to be, like, actual content, just making it free. Um, well, what about bonus? What so. about it being what? It, what about it as a pre-order being free? But if like you know they make it available three months down the road, but you have to pay ten or fifteen dollars. Yeah, that, that's what I was talking about. Like, because other, okay. otherwise you'll end up in a spot where anybody who picks up the game later just literally can't get content, and that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I could see so the case throwing being money for away for them where, if somebody wanted uh, to go buy it. So, uh, last right. two, I could, I could see that we're not done, Morgan. Hold on, <laughs> fuck. Um, I could see the case being made for that then, for sure. I think that would be a really smart ploy for them, like to make it like timed but for free for that pre order bonus because then I think. I don't know. I just think it would be better. I think it would be it would make more people want to buy it initially. I think it's worth trying. I think it's worth trying anyway, just to see how it does. I mean, at this point, they've done fucking loot boxes galore. Why don't they try something new? Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, last two comments here. Dovid Iob eighty four said, "My top tip is if you want it, buy it. Just do I need we happy few at fifty four dollars? No." Do I want it? Yes. Enough said. So he's just saying, don't overthink it so much. Uh, go broke. That's that. I think I agree with that. That's exactly what I do. Uh, last one. Eric dot O W E said, I make a list of a few must haves for the year that I got on mm-hmm. release day and everything else I wait for on sale. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I budget out for, I budget out for the triple A games. Like if it's a $60 game that I know I'm going to want to play those, I plan ahead for like anything else. I'll use all those other tips that I was, you know, already talking about before, you know, get it on sale, wait, wait for it to just be cheaper anyway. But yeah, just plan plan ahead. If it's a $60 game, you know, you're going to want just save up for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a fun answer, but that's kind of, that's how I've handled it. It's yeah. I, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it kind of goes against who we are as gamers because, like, uh, uh, this generation of gamers, because, you know, our past was walking into a game store and looking at a cool cover art and being kind of mesmerized by that cover art and be like, wow, this game looks amazing. Uh, I want to get this game. And then, it, you know, that was kind of the whole point of being a gamer in our generation were those impulse buys. It wasn't based so much off of research as it is now, um, which is something we've talked about in the past. But mm-hmm. now, you know, as this generation of gamer gets older and, like, how, how we purchase games has gotten so drastically different from 20 years ago, you know, budgeting is, I think, a smarter idea. And on top of that, the games that, you know, you don't fit into that budget, you know, that's why Twitch has become so popular, because maybe you want to yeah. play a game but you can't afford that game or you're unsure. Well, you go watch it on Twitch. You watch someone else play it and you kind of get that fill of it. You know, like you save money that way. You're spending your time instead of spending your money. 
and then you kind of get somewhat of that same yeah a development of that story within yourself i guess yeah i i i have watched a few games on twitch where later on like it's well i you know i enjoyed 20 hours of watching somebody else play this game or whatever like if if i see it on sale or something i'll go you know throw them a couple bucks or something to kind of cuz i'm not don't want to go out and play a full price for it, but still, you know, just kind of help them out if it was something I enjoyed my time with, even though it wasn't myself playing through the game. Yeah, that makes you kinder the most. To, to, for me to imagine a world where Fish watches somebody playing a game and then gives them money anyway is basically like an alternate universe that will never exist. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watch people play, mainly for their personality or just to see you yeah. know, the community around, like, these games like a lot of times like you can you could kind of tell what the general feel is by just uh looking at the chat and what they're talking about and everything so uh, it's a good way to kind of get a feel for how other people feel about the game and not necessarily draw your own opinions from theirs but why would you want to know how other people feel about the game uh i'm just curious about like how the community as a whole takes a game like or what types of, or how they actually play the game as well, or uh, what type of strategies they use in the game that you may have not known was there in those games. Huh. Um, okay. Um, think. That's what, fair. What games I, I respect that, Fish. I just, I just wish, Fish, that you would, like, since you're so fervent about watching others play games, I wish you would watch us play with ourselves just once in a while. I got the double yeah, shake you your head and of chuckle of Josh. Is uh. the, the rarely seen. <laughs> and I just agreed with you. I'm like, yeah, you should yeah. watch us yeah. play with yourself. Agreed. Yeah. Um so thank you um uh to our listener and friend Mother Wolf for the topical idea. And again, every Thursday, chime in. We'll break down some different topics and tag you for the podcast. Uh, let's do a quick run through a polls here. Then we have some other fun stuff to talk about. Fish, um, did you have a chance to watch either the Red Dead Redemption gameplay trailer or the Doom gameplay trailer? No, I haven't. Nah, well, fuck up. Go home. What are you doing here? Oh, I am home. <laughs> God damn it. Did anybody watch them? I guess I should, I guess I should ask you guys first. Has anybody seen them? Nope. Negative. I mean, I've seen a couple seconds of the Red Dead one autoplay while yeah, scrolling I through one. other things. Oh, actually, no. I did see in Red Dead Redemption 2, the strafing of the horse is magnificent. It's not janky as fuck. The horse actually looks like it's naturally like spinning around right. and running huh. off. I did see that gameplay. Huh. That was it, though. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I definitely. Yeah, I definitely watched the Red Dead Two. Only the Red Dead Two one this week, though. Exclusively, as you could say, Red Dead Two this week. Well, our I posted Red some Dead. of the <laughs> uh, gameplay for the Doom one on our Instagram. Um, the Instagram fans are ravenous this week. By the way, every Tuesday we do polls at Sword Chomp on Instagram. Ninety-one percent of our Instagram fans said that the Doom Eternal gameplay was fire. 
aka hot. That's how the kids say hot. Use the fire emoji. Um, <laughs> or, you know, maybe it was just hot because it was hell. So, you know, hell on earth. It was just really warm. Perhaps. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Um, 91%. That was overwhelming. Uh, so if you guys didn't see it, two of the coolest things in that Doom gameplay trailer was he has this cool new blade that pops out of his arm that he slices people in half with. Um, and, uh... A la he, Predator. Yeah, yeah. Well, sort of. Uh, it, it looks really badass. And then there's this, like, He jumps um, into hay bales now, too. Don't know why. He did. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. It does look sort of like that. Um, and then there's this shotgun with, a like, um, a hook underneath. So it shoots them, and you pull. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. Remind me a lot of uh, my boy Road Roadhog. So there there was some the gameplay. My whole thing with Doom is maybe I want the we know the gameplay and the music and the graphics are gonna be great and all that stuff. But I just I really hope the story this time has a little more to it. Really, get, it's I do. Really, the Doom well, story for a, for a sequel. You want it to take the next step, right? I don't just what want next more step. Doom. I want well. Did you? You're just saying yourself the story in the original Doom, just kind of whatever, right? Just sort of in the background. Yeah, like that's not. Like I played the whole thing, at least twice, and I have no idea what the fuck, the story. Like it's it's complete nonsense. Exactly. So that's room for improvement. No, it's not. It's room for don't try anymore. Room for improvement is the same reason we ended up with bullshit like no Russian. That's not what you guys are good at. Stop trying. The no Russian thing was amazing. No, it wasn't. Um, so you'd rather just have more of the same. Is that what you're saying? More of the same. More of what they're good at, yes. Well. I didn't mind the story. I didn't think it was incredible. But I thought, I thought it was the best that they could probably do, given like the previous iterations of Doom and kind of what Doom is about. I thought it was pretty decent at best, but um, if they could somehow make a more, I don't know, if they can make a little bit better of a story while keeping the kind of the same elements that Josh is talking about, I'd be all for it, but I don't see how they would do that without making it more RPG-esque and less action-esque, when the whole point yeah. of Doom is to be more action. Well, yeah, I don't see how it's necessary at all for what they were good at. Like, if they happen to make a better story, that's great, but who cares? Well, okay, well, let me, let me write where one I'm for at. you real quick. Let Let's, me write one. So, you know, the whole, like, the, they, they go off of what happened in the last one, you know, the whole the, the Mars and space shit going on. Well, what happens is they, they open up that portal and shit. Well, out of the, like, a new portal opens up, right? And they're freaking out about it. And about halfway through the game, out comes Duke Nukem out of the portal. And all of a sudden, what? Duke, Duke, Nukem, Duke Nukem Duke Nukem is like this parallel universe evil version where he thinks all of the demons are babes. So okay. you're not only fighting all the demons, you're fighting Duke Nukem trying to sleep with all the demons that he thinks are babes. And how about whenever This is the worst story I've heard up. since I tried to play Far Cry. 
I think mine's a little bit better, Josh. Give me some credit. And still, and still somehow better than the original Doom story. So. <laughs> I don't have the energy to fight for Far Cry right now. I'm saving that for the end of the year. Um, I guess what I'm saying is I just hope it has some sort of a hook. Like, I just, like, more Doom You already said it's fine. got a hook. But <laughs> It's true. It does have a hook on it. Uh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Never mind. I'm wrong. It's gonna be great. Shotgun hook. It's got a hook. Yeah. I guess what I mean is like it could be more good Doom gameplay, but usually for a sequel, there's some sort of a something that makes it stick out. So, um, what about what if, what, what if you do demon fishing? <laughs> oh yeah, we've already got a hook. Demon fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll I like it. Stick. Also, I said stick out, and I just involuntarily walked into the fact that he has a blade arm now, a blade on his arm now, too. So you got everything covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, demon fishing is right up my. You stop, and it's like really aggressive fishing. Like, like the Doom guy does. I don't know what that noise was all about, but it takes you a half hour to reel him in, and once you finally do, you just punch him into a bunch of chunks. Yeah, you punch him, and then you gut him. No, see, Mm -hmm. that would just be like the PETA people would be all over that. Um, Would they? Do they protect demons now? I, that would make fish sense. Fish too. <laughs> well, what is what does fish fishing too. for demons have to do with making a pita? That's a great point. Ah, uh, yeah. Unless Gosh, it was a fishy another. pita. Fishy pita. A talap. A talapita. Yeah. Oh, a talapita. Nice. Uh, I usually go with chicken, bacon, and onion. <laughs> that was bad. That was even bad for me. Ah. Uh. Tilapita. Um, Tilapita. The Red Dead Redemption trailer also got a 90% from our fans saying that it looked incredible. I will say this. I don't know about that story. I was thinking about this the other day. That character, like, the first Red Dead Redemption had such a good story. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this, uh, I can't remember the last time a rock, tar- a rock star story actually did anything for me. So, I- I'm worried about the exact same thing. The original Red Dead had such a good character, and that arc was done. Done, done. Like, I'm not really... In a prequel, that's like the least interesting angle to me. Yeah. Where they could have gone with this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, because, yes, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, I, as much as I liked that world and wanted to go back to it, I think I kind of would have rather seen another character. Like, completely different character instead of you know, trying to do anything else directly related to that original story. The funniest comment I heard about the main character in the trailer, someone said that he looks like if you Googled a human being, that's why he looks so generic. <laughs> and he's just like the Google, the Google result for human. Mm-hmm. made me laugh. He was the um, uh, default in whatever program they were using to model. Yeah. All he the other the characters. Jenner yeah. Shepherd. Jenner <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> Uh, but someone tagged me. Our fans are awesome. Somebody tagged me in Twitter because they had there's fishing in the trailer, and they were like, "Game of the year, fishing!" And they tagged me. I was like, "I love you guys. You know me too well." So if it does have fishing in it, and that pans out to be pretty good, then it, the way I look at it is, even if the story sucks, if the world is awesome and you can hunt and fish and stuff, I'm still gonna have a lot of fun with it. So I'm honestly like, I'm not too concerned because I don't think, just from my experience there hasn't been a Rockstar game that I've played where I haven't enjoyed the story, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge Rockstar fanboy, but 
I think they always put pretty good stories into their games, whether it's the main story or it's the side content. It's generally always interesting. So I'm not too concerned. Yeah, I guess I just feel like they used to have more bite. Like, there was a time when they had Samuel L. Jackson voicing a crooked cop in San Andreas, and now it's just that guy who does Trevor. He's like, oh, I'm Trevor! I'm crazy! Ah! It's just like, I feel like they've kind of lost their, their creative edge a little, but... It's because the real this, world this is too fucking to stupid edgy. now. Like, the real world. What are you supposed to satirize in 2018? That's actually the world really is its own joke. Like, it's... Yeah. Don't make me sad, Josh. Mm-hmm. This podcast has gotten a little too real. Let's talk more about Tilapita. <laughs> we started off with giant Kamehameha semen balls, and now we're talking about... Wait, Kamehameha... Is it Kamehameha? How does it go? Kamehameha? Kamehameha. Okay. All right, in our case, Kamehameha. Um, let's see here. All Kamehameha. Kamehameha. This is... This is... Oh, I almost made a really bad joke. Never mind. Um... This is something I was thinking about, Josh, when we were talking about Octopath Traveler, because I went back and I was playing the demo some more to try and get a better thought of my own personal feelings on the game. And I realized that when the, the little scrunchy pixel characters were talking, I had no idea what they looked like. And I was like, man, I remember like back in the day, like Xenogears and Chrono Cross and all those PlayStation 1 RPGs, or most of them, weirdly enough, Final Fantasy didn't. They used to have those little like box frames for the dialogue where they would have the little character face in them. And I always thought those were like the coolest things. Um... So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to put that up on the poll. And I said, all JRPGs should have character art text frames. And I pointed to it. And it came back 77% of people said yes. But my question is, what's your excuse for saying no? I think like, it depends no? on the, the res- resolution. It makes sense on anything kind of like this Old gen style graphics. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I don't think it's necessary for stuff like the new Final Fantasies. If you can... Because they look great. Yeah, yeah you just... They don't even really have dialogue boxes anymore. You just see them talking. So. That's true. It's that's the characters themselves. Persona does really good ones, too. Persona ones are... Yeah. Well, and it, that's actually a good point, because Persona looks great, but they still have them. Well, but they don't really do a lot of animation on the characters themselves. They've got, like, a set number of animations, and to give them more depth, they've got a ton of different expressions for those dialogue close-ups. Yeah. I miss those. You don't see those too often. I think that that mm-hmm. could have gone a long way with Octopath Traveler for me because I was talking to somebody in the town. He was like some scrunch guy. And I'm like, is that guy old? Is he young? Is he like cool looking? I don't know. He just was a blob of pixels. And I wanted to know what he looked like. Yeah. I think that would be useful. I feel like they kind of tried to take the place with the voice acting. And like, like I was telling you earlier in the week, the English voice acting is not good. Not good at all. So having some of that characterization offloaded to, you know, different dialogue box pictures would have helped. Yeah. I actually For had localization a lot. Just, you know, having something there you wouldn't have to change for yeah. each release. Yeah. So I got our community going crazy, Josh, and I'm not going to get into it on the podcast, but I just wanted to kind of jazz things up a little bit. And I was talking about how me and you were fighting about the, the dialogue and some of the themes in the game and if you guys want to go read it on our sword chomp instagram page the community was very vocal and it was a very interesting conversation um (laughs) 
And I think what I settled on is because everyone was like, look, it's just supposed to be cheesy and lighthearted. Like one of our a VIP um, commenters had, I think the comment that stuck with me most, he said, it's written like a 1930s radio show in the best way. It's melodramatic and cheesy. And I guess if that's the case and you agree with that, I think it's hard for me to do cheesy serious, like, which isn't, it's more of a preference thing. It's hard for me to get it down on like, like some heavy themes when it's kind of also cheesy. Um, that's, that's a tough balance to tread, but most people seem to be enjoying it. A lot of people thought that the, uh, guy I was making fun of was, uh, a real gross dude. So, um, <laughs> if you'd like, if you'd like to come argue with me, feel free to leave some comments on the page. Uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to lay into some Octopath Traveler uh, next week. And then the last poll I'm going to close the show with later. Um, but all the polls were resounding successes this week. Over uh, 77%, 90%, 90%, and then 67%. So um, thanks for everyone voting. By the way, every Tuesday we'll have polls. Fun things to talk about. Uh, speaking of fun things to talk about, Shay Layton has been telling me about the Fallout DLC. Uh, among other things, um, I know he wanted to. Uh, so, was it the DLC specifically that you wanted to kind of get into that you were talking about the other day? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I've talked about Fallout Four with you guys plenty of times. So, I just wanted to talk about the uh, the DLC, like my impressions of the different ones because I played three of the six. Uh, three of them are just like workshops, essentially, which add just a tiny bit of content to the game. And just give you different things. Like one is a vault workshop, which just gives you access to your own vault. But you have to do a mm-hmm. few small missions. So I don't really consider those ones DLC. Um, I mean, well, they are DLC, but I don't consider them like adding to the story, I guess. They're just... I, I like guess features, like uh, updated yeah, features for features. the core game. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they, <clears throat> they don't add too much. But the two that I played that I did want to talk about were Nuka-Cola World and um, Far Harbor. So Nuka-Cola World is just basically, you go into this other area, um, which brings you to a different part of the map, and then you're basically kind of thrust into this, like, series of challenges, and then at the end you have to fight this guy in, like, a gladiator-style battle, and then somebody helps you kill him, which you then become the what's called the overboss of this area. And it's like this giant amusement park, like this massive amusement park that obviously has since been shut down and is run run by raiders now. And you basically become the raider boss. And you have to <laughs> make like awesome. all these It does kind of sound it, I mean it sounds awesome in theory. Sounds you, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And basically there are these three rival gangs and you're the only thing holding these three together. And basically, you have to do these side missions to kind of get them to like each other a little bit, and then you have to go clear out different territories in this amusement park and give it to different gangs to make them, like, feel less resentful. And then there comes a point in the in the DLC where basically you have to go into the main map and start taking over territories there, which eventually will kill NPCs in your main quest. The bad part about this DLC is that when you get to that point, you basically have no opportunity to be a good guy if you want to be a good guy. So basically, your option is don't do the DLC to completion or be an asshole and kill people in the game. And um, I had a big issue with it. Oh. I, 
I actually quit playing the DLC because of that. Because I didn't want to kill NPCs in the main map. Because, you know, maybe I haven't come across all the missions I want to come across. Or maybe they're going to kill off some of my favorite NPCs incidentally. Which I don't want to happen either. Um, and then yeah, I started yeah. reading... That's strange. I, yeah. I, yeah, I started reading about it online. A lot of people were saying the same thing. Like, basically, there's nothing you can do. Um, that basically Are they going it, for that? Are they going for, like, a level of, like, moral conundrum yes yeah yeah i mean that's kind of always been the point of bethesda right like sure you can make you can be a good guy but it's always going to come at a cost always and it's this it's this one like brings it to the extreme of you can't really make a good guy decision so i wasn't a huge like because of that i wasn't a huge fan of the dlc in that regard but they integrate a lot of new enemies into um this DLC, which I loved. Um, they had something called Gator Claws, which is like a mashup between alligators and Death Claws, which were pretty awesome, and just different enemies. So it kept it really fresh. Um, the areas seemed brand new. You're going through these different parts of an amusement park. It was really fun. Um, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Just the aesthetic was new. The enemies were new. Uh, the the three rival gangs looked vastly different from normal raiders, so it all kept it really fresh. So I enjoyed that aspect of the DLC, and they integrate some new weapons, which is always nice. Of course. So that one, I mean, that's I was so so on that DLC. Mm-hmm. Now the other one, which is the one I want to talk about more today, which was Far Harbor. Far Harbor was awesome. This is exactly how Bethesda should do DLC from now on. Excluding one thing, which I'll get to later. Uh, basically, but just before before you okay. get just no spoil no story spoilers because if I end up trying it, I don't want to know things that happen. Okay, I'll get you into the very basic of it, and then I'll leave it at that. Because um, this okay. one leaves you with some incredible moral choices. It's it's just fantastic. Uh, basically, you're at Nick Valentine's detective agency when you get this mission that this girl has gone missing. Um, her parents don't know where she's at. So you got to go to the edge of the map. Um, and you basically find out that uh, this girl, um, her grandfather taught her how to use technology. So she's using it. Someone responded to her and convinced her that she is a synth. And for those who haven't played Fallout 4, that's one of the big main stories is these synths kill and kind of take over human form. So like anyone you know could essentially at some point be killed and taken over by a synth. And you got to figure out why that's happening in the main story. Um, what you yeah. do, of course. Before you but, get back to Earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a... <laughs> never mind. Uh, underhanded joke in there. No, no. It's, never mind. Oh, okay. I must have missed it. <laughs> I love how everyone laughs at Josh, and no one knows what they're laughing at. This is every goddamn week. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's okay. It's only for the super intelligent, um, which I am not. But anyways, um, what are you showing us, Morgan? No, nothing, nothing. Sorry. You weren't supposed to look at that. Okay. I'm, I'm telling Fish to look at his phone, so. Oh, okay. Anyways. But now our podcasters know. I apologize, podcast. I just sent Fish some horse porn. No big deal. Hmm. Okay, anyways. It's a good thing you got the widescreen. So, <laughs> <Mother's> <laughs> <side>. <laughs> Far Harbor. 
All right. So Far Harbor. So anyways, um, her grandfather taught her how to use technology. Thinks She thinks she's a synth. She goes to this area called Far Harbor. So you got to go. So you go to this area, and it's just completely covered by fog, and you're on this dock. And these, these people are kind of like, what the hell are you doing here? And then it immediately gets attacked. And so you got to help these guys fight off these giant salamander-looking creatures oh, right off the bat. Yeah. And it's epic. It is fucking epic right off the bat. And, um... God damn it, spoilers! I didn't want to know about the salamander creatures. I kind of well, want to try this. But can, can, I, can I ask you a question? If I wanted yeah. to start Fallout 4, if I wanted to just play Far Harbor, it, will it let me, or do I have to go through the whole game up until that point? How does that work? No, I mean, like, you can pretty much... Uh, you got to get through a certain part of the story mission in order to get okay. there. Um, the, it's going to require higher levels for you to be successful there because some of the creatures are super high level. Um, like, the base level of the game is 50. If you add on the DLC, you can go up to either level 70 or 80. I can't remember which one it is. Um, I was, I'm, like, at level 54 or 55, and I still struggle with a few of the enemies there. Um, not many, but a few. So you got to be a little higher level. Um, you got to get through a certain mm. part of the main story mission. So, um, okay. So you get there, and you basically find out that um, some shit's happening in Far Harbor, and the girl you're looking for is not there. And that's where the story takes off, and that's where I'll leave it at. Because basically, okay. you're that's yeah. I don't want to spoil anything since you might want to play it, but. Just the way the story is handled is fucking awesome. Like, you come across so many different things on this little island, and it just kept the DLC super fresh. It added a point of the story that, obviously, I didn't play the first time I played Fallout 4, and it was super welcome. It's, in my opinion, it was the best story arc in the entire game. And I, I'm really happy that I finally... Like, I... I was planning on playing some other games this summer. I sat down to play Fallout 4. I'm really glad I did it. Um, the the aesthetic of this world is awesome. I'm a huge... Um, like, I love fog. Uh, it's something I've talked about a lot in our old podcast, a little bit in this podcast. I, I For some reason, I just love the aesthetic of fog, and it was just... had this really huh. creepy vibe. It had a little bit of, like, Silent Hill vibe, a little bit of Resident Evil vibe. Um, it just was a little bit more horror-esque, just with the aesthetic. Um, the music, that's one thing. I actually turned off the radio in this area, because I usually keep the, like, the Fallout radio going, because I like those, like, classic hits, but I, I turned the radio off, and the actual, like, the world music was really, really good. It reminded me a lot of Oblivion. Ominous? Was it ominous? Yeah, very ominous. There's a point in the, and this is not a... A spoiler, but there's a reason for it. Um, there's a part in the uh, in the music where you hear like these monks chanting and humming, and I'll never like I, I won't forget that part because of that music. It just the sound production was awesome in this area as well. Like the music and the sound production. My one and only one complaint um, is that they, despite introducing a bunch of new enemies. And creatures, they still heavily re- relied on the ghouls. Oh, uh, the old enemies, yeah. Yeah, the ghouls and Meyerlurks. 
and I'm so goddamn sick of killing Mirelicks because they like pretty much you are fighting them wherever you go. In every DLC, there has been Mirelicks and ghouls, and I wish Bethesda wouldn't have relied on those enemies as much because I know in past yeah. DLCs. Like, Crap. if you play Oblivion and you play the Knights of the Nine and the Shivering Isles, they don't reuse enemies near as much as they did in yeah. Fallout 4. They really mm. didn't. So, um, I just, I wish that they didn't use the Oscar Meyer lurks as much in this DLC. And I wish that they didn't use the ghouls as much. But other than that, they have some really cool enemies. Dude, Oscar not- Meyer lurks? Sounds fucking terrifying. I tell you what. <laughs> Just Wiener Meyerlurks. Mm-hmm. Nah, I uh I don't want to tell you. Everyone's in love with them. <laughs> uh especially the girls. Shit, what do you how do you feel about the I was surprised because everything you're saying makes it sound cool. The Steam scores were high, but the fucking Metacritic was like seventy five. You think the Metacritic's just wrong? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean like seventy five is pretty high. Nah. Uh, Metacritic's often full of shit. Yeah, I mean, it just takes, like, two or three assholes, but... No, I think I think this was probably one of my top... Top two favorite DLCs Bethesda's ever done. Like, like, the whole... The whole Shivering ahead, Isles... Ahead. Shivering Isles was... Um, I always mix that one in Knights of the Nine Up. The one with uh, Sheogorath, I think that's Shivering Isles. That was by far my favorite one. But... Number Josh two is definitely, yeah. Number two is definitely Far Harbor. Far Harbor was an incredible DLC. Um, if if anyone has played Fallout Four, wasn't super keen on it, was a little tepid on it, I would download Far Harbor and play that because it just was incredible. I loved it. Yeah, Fish did hate the horse armor. Got in the way of that. The horse <laughs> got in the way of that horse dong. <laughs> Horses don't need armor. <laughs> Too much yes, to take do. off. <laughs> you can cut a little hole there. Um, you know, Shay, it's interesting because I, if they had, if that's what's frustrating about this, because, you know, Far, Fallout 4 was pretty much standard in, in promotion and all that stuff, or, you know, a fairly run-of-the-mill Fallout game, which isn't a bad thing. But, like, if they had been, like, Fallout 4 is going to be about this crazy island with horror vibes and all this, I would have been fucking so on board. It's just, like, frustrating sometimes that, like, they could have they could have devoted a whole, like, game to that idea or even the Nuka-Cola uh, theme park is something that I, they always kind of alluded to with the little videos, the little Nuka-Cola Absolutely. videos. Absolutely. And that's, that actually, and I just want to very briefly mention this, um, there's a trailer that released three weeks ago for some, uh, a team that, uh, is putting out a mod called for fallout 4 called fallout miami and i sent it to the guys and the trailer is phenomenal the guy it looks like a brand new game essentially and they've just modded some things from what's already in, included in the game just put it in a brand new world it looks incredible and if they had done that kind of trailer for the dlc i think more people would have been on board for that because you you watch that trailer and you're like holy shit, they're bringing out a brand new game or a new DLC. Nah, it's just a mod that 12 guys um, who are really passionate about the game decided to make. Um, And I feel like if DLC got a little bit more 
like companies got a little bit more creative with how they advertise DLC, I think DLC would be even more successful. Because sometimes you know, yeah. DLC is better than the actual game in well, terms and- of story. I think it's the gap. I think for me, when I stop playing a game, like when they're like, hey, you want to play five more hours of this game six months down the road? I'm like, I'm already checked out, man. I'm done with this game. You know what I mean? For me, it's like a mental gap. Right. But then you like consider something like the No Man's Sky next, where granted, you are you're an anomaly because you love that game no matter what. But maybe people who played that game, which were like, eh, it was so so. And then they watch the No Man's Sky next trailer and they're like, well, I thought I was done. But I see all this additional stuff added onto it, and that actually makes me want to play again. And then that gets people back in the game because they put a trailer for that DLC. And that's what companies, in my opinion, need to do more is get like, granted, they have to invest a little bit of money in that advertisement, but they're going to get more out of it um, with more people investing in that DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing. It's still got a ways to go, but I'm sure it did well. I mean, it's the 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 rating. See, I just I hate fucking ratings from people now. I can't trust anyone. Like, there's 167 users that reviewed Fallout 4 Far Harbor and has a 6.4. It doesn't sound like a 6.4 at all. So like, I just don't. You can't trust anyone anymore. If that's to be like 167 people reviewed it and it has a 6.4. Like, how's that even possible? I, I and I don't. And I don't understand that review because. Like, you play the main game. The story's, like, don't get me wrong. Most of the main story is pretty solid, but it's not great. And then you go play something like Far Harbor, and just the DLC is, like, the the Far Harbor DLC is awesome. There are a bunch of unexpected twists and turns. Like, the, Mm -hmm. the moral choices in Far Harbor far exceeded that, that of any moral choices that I had to make in the main story. And I don't understand why that more people weren't into that. Yeah, I think it's from what I'm reading here briefly, it sounds like people wanted like more of an extension of the actual game they had instead of like a little spinoff. Um, but and people are, you can't trust them, but you know who you can trust? The Chomp cast. Um, anyway, thanks for the rundown, Shay. That's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. I, I would be interested in Far Harbor. Uh, if they ever can ever ship that thing out on VR, on my PSVR, I would love to uh, get back into Fallout 4. So. Come on, Bethesda. Come on. Uh, Josh, um, real quick before we end the show, I had a couple quick questions for you guys. And then the last poll, did you, did you finish Dead Cells? No, I still haven't finished it. Um, I've been trying to find a couple different... Just, just to switch things up, trying to find some different weapons and stuff just to try out different builds and see what else is viable are you kind of frustrated are you getting frustrated uh i mean not really um like when you first start the game there's not really a lot of viable strategies i kind of mentioned this before but like right off the bat purple is really the only build that you can even do at the beginning just because just pure dps numbers wise you're not going to be able to kill anything with a lot of your other choices um but yeah i've been trying to open up different paths and just instead of instead of just going for finishing the game just trying to unlock as much as i can you um, think you could have finished the game if you wanted to i think if that's what i've been focusing on probably well, but I, like I almost always get to the 
last zone at this point. Um, okay. But since I've been trying to just unlock a bunch of stuff, I always end up with like weird wonky builds and stuff. So it's not really. Yeah, that game's kicking my ass. I'm having trouble with it. It's just real, real frustrating to start over and over again. It's not the game's fault. It's just the way that it's a roguelike. It's designed that way, but mm-hmm. it's really uh, it's demoralizing me. And another weird thing is I, I spent all my points to unlock the random bow, mm-hmm. but like it's misleading because it's not just bows. It's actually a random purple. So like from what I've seen, unless I was completely misunderstanding, I've, I thought I was unlocking random bow, but it's been like random like throwing daggers and all sorts it's of weird It's random shit. ranged anything because it's anything yes, that's ranged. Yes. Um, and that yeah. pissed me off because I didn't want that. I wanted you I can always like get the default bow. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, uh, but I guess yeah. It just there's something about that that's a little like I guess when I'm starting over, I'm not feeling like I'm making progress, which is different than like into the breach. And I'm sure that I'm probably looking at it wrong, but I feel like I'm not making. Yeah. I like the game; well, it's really I mean, cool. It's, I just it's essentially the same sort of progress as into the breach, where you're just more knowledgeable your next time through for the most part well what about into the breach when you'd bring back like abilities and you could start in different locations remember into the breach if your character didn't die but you failed you could bring back everything on them um which i thought was pretty helpful well i mean that that gives you that that's not an advantage it gives you an advantage for like the first two levels and then anything after that you would have already leveled up and gotten those abilities to begin with whether you started it over or not it felt advantageous to me yeah. I mean, I had I would get like the five HP thing and stuff, and I would go into those first couple areas, and I could just roll through people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I don't want to split hairs because I. It's just. It's demoralizing. I feel like I keep starting that game over. Let's yeah. put it this way: I played well, like three hours today, and I didn't feel like I made any progress. <laughs> okay. I I would suggest putting points into like the the permanent upgrades then, if that's kind of the vibe you're getting. Um, like the you know, health like potions health and, and stuff, stuff like okay. that. Um, health potions, the money that you start the game with that you'll be able to bring back with you, stuff like that, that will just permanently make you stronger whenever you start over, if that's kind of the vibe you're getting anyway. Yeah. I actually got to the sewer area today and I was like, oh, I've never seen, I played this game a lot and I found <laughs> this sewer in the beginning. I was like, I've never seen this before. And then everything killed me in like five seconds. And I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Place was hard. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm just feel like I'm beating my head on the wall. I, I mean, I like the game. I think it's really cool, but it's just it's kicking my ass. I'm not sure what to do. Yep. 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 We'll see. We'll see. I think people that are really clicking with this game also have the maybe the ability to play it more. I listen to a lot of journalists that I follow and like that have commutes and stuff. And I bet if I had like an hour long drive to work or something on a bus and I could just sit down and play it every day kind of grind away at it i think i'd probably have a even stronger relationship with it so yeah i mean Um, have you unlocked the challenge mode yet the daily challenge that's not too far into the game you unlocked that i i i got to the ramparts and i died and then i was just sad so it should be right at the beginning if you unlocked it it's with by the guy Maybe, maybe i did like whenever you get the guy who tells you your stats i think it also unlocks the daily challenge oh okay okay but, but any, anyway, what I'm getting at is those daily challenges are a set thing with random stuff based off of anywhere in the game. So you can encounter late game enemies immediately oh. by doing that. So if you really want to practice against some of those, 
you can just hop into the challenge mode and go fight them just so you can learn their patterns and stuff. Instead of having to wait until you're, you know, 40 minutes into the game to try to find the one. one time deal? It's a different challenge mode every day. Oh, and then you can. But can you only do it once a day? You or? can do it as many times as you want. It's a score mode thing. Like you try to get oh, as many points okay. as you can before you beat the boss in there, and uh, just get any rewards, blueprints. It, uh, cells? You unlock blueprints yeah. from okay. from completing it. Two games right now where I'm unlocking blueprints. Um, well, when you beat it, Josh, let us know because I want to. Uh, Ask you about how that went. Okay. The uh, the finishing of the dead Celia, and then of course to to finish off the show, um, I I made sure to check with Shay before I posted this so he wouldn't kill me. Um, but uh, just we wanted to see if he wanted to, whether he only played one or two hours of No Man's Sky and whether he loved it or hated it. I was like, would you like to stream it live to the world for the skeptics or the people that I get a lot of people messaging me about the game and if they should try it, and I don't like to tell them yes or no because I'm too close to the damn thing and I'm just like. If you watch someone play it, you should kind of know if it's for you or not. But maybe we could stream it for people. And if nothing else, I'm going to get my kids around with some popcorn. And we're going to watch Shay play it. Um, <laughs> and I, it's, I just told him to put some clothes on this time whenever he streams. So, <laughs> so my family will be watching. Wait, did I have so. clothes off last time? Well, the fact you have to ask me that question is a little concerning. I'm pretty sure I've had clothes every time because Fish would get a boner. Mm. Yeah, and I can't play with a boner. <laughs> you, you can, well, you can play with a boner, but no, he really well, can't. I can't game with a boner. <laughs> I mean, it's too not... much blood rushes to my head. Really? And How much blood I is just... that really? A thimble's worth, maybe? Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. A thimble? <laughs> well, the but blood would faint. come out of the thimble. The blood would come right out of the thimble. <laughs> I was like, a drop of blood? I mean, come the on. The fact here. that you like, said a thimble's worth has made my, my, this whole podcast worth it. I don't know why, but that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got there eventually. Um, but yeah, 67% of our audience said they would check it out. Although normally we obviously don't see those hundreds of people flock to the streams, but um, there was some interest there. So we'll schedule yeah. that. Um, yeah. Other than I, that, I have a time, so I'll let you know after the podcast exactly when. Good man. It's going to be fun. Um, hopefully it's as good for you as it is for me. That's what I always say. It never is, though. Uh, on that note, it's been a lot of fun. I want to do the wrap-up here. Me and Shay have our side podcast for Sword Chomp Family, Evoking the Sublime, and In the Blood. They're both interview podcasts. Look for them wherever you get podcasts. They have all sorts of cool interviews from Into the Breach to What Remains of Edith Finch to my interviews with the No Man's Sky audio director and Tomb Raider's Nathan McCree. They're a lot of fun. And we're trying to pump those as much as we can because they're a very niche sort of interest, I guess you could say. Um, we obviously have the Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. It's been growing. Join the community. I'm going to get Fish to send me something hot and juicy today, so don't miss it. Um, this weekend. I'll get it sometime this weekend. We're going to find out. You know, the Furby was just a taste of what makes Fish fish. So there'll be more on that. Um, that's <laughs> what they say. It's not. It's not a handful. It's a thimbleful. That's mm-hmm. what they say. All I need is a thimbleful. Um, and uh, exciting plans next week. Uh, next week you you're sh- gone. You should right? try and say that five times fast as we <laughs> get off the, get off the air. Which part? Say what five? A times thimbleful. Fast. 
A thimbleful, a thimbleful, a thimbleful, a thimbleful, a thimbleful. <laughs> it sounded like you went from a thimbleful to a simple fool. <laughs> a simple fool? A simpleful, a simpleful. Uh, <laughs> oh, but a simple fool. Um, Shay, are you gone next week? Is that what it is? Yeah, so next week I'm going to uh, Fukuoka for two days to visit uh, that area which is down south, and then I'm going to go to Okinawa for seven days to scuba dive and explore, uh, as they call it, Hawaii Light. So I'm really excited to go there. Because I've never been to Hawaii, and I've never cool. been to Okinawa, so I'm really excited. Um, Okinawa has some of the premier scuba diving spots in Japan and in the world, so I'm really excited to go do that for a few days. That's awesome. Well, and later tonight, me and Fish are going to be scuba diving with virtual creatures because we're sad and pathetic, so you can go fuck yourself. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. Wow! I, uh, I think wow. I th- it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> I've actually never oh been scuba diving, but the thing is, like, I think I would be too scared. Like, I love the water, but I'm too afraid to be in the water, so I don't know if I can do it. Here's the thing, man. Like, just, like I won't sharks. get too much into it, but it's not that scary. Like, sharks are not that bad. Sh- like, they're... There are more people that are killed by cows than sharks every year. Um, I mean, I've seen some dangerous stuff in the water when I've scuba dived, and it, I mean, as long as you stay calm, you're good to go. I mean, like we, like I told you guys last year, we saw that sea snake right underneath us as we got in the water the very first time, which is the most poisonous snake in the world. Didn't mess with us. Wow. We saw, like, this, it's a fish, like, I don't know. I don't know how big that is. It's, like, bigger than a basketball. Um, and like they're super aggressive fish and they didn't bother us. Um, where I'm going in Okinawa though, there are some pretty dangerous things in there, but as long as I'm not like, what's the most dangerous thing you could come across? There's a sea anemone there Uh that, um, is one of the 72 most poisonous animals in the world. Uh, I can't remember if there's, I don't think there's a stonefish in Okinawa. Uh, there's definitely sharks. Uh, they're definitely sea snakes. So great I mean, whites? they're gonna be. Are there great whites in Okinawa? Tiger shark. Uh, there are hammerhead sharks. Oh, hammerhead in certain parts yeah. of Okinawa. I don't... So the I mean, that... there's yeah, okay. There's some dangerous fish and animals there, but I, I'm not concerned, man. Like at the end of the day, here's the thing: if I die, I die. Uh, like, well, yeah. I, I'd rather like go like die doing something I love. Like if I'm in the middle of the water, like seeing these beautiful know. fish, and then a shark just eats me it happens mm-hmm. you know i'd rather that than that's why i was gonna say that i want to die inside like, of a woman i mean if i want to die doing something i love right know. right uh, like you that know. guy in goldeneye remember that old guy that died in... oh! <laughs> oh that's weird because that that movie the whole the whole premise of that movie was just letting the bodies hit the floor there we go. Come on. Ah, one. Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I had to bring it back around. We were talking about that earlier before the podcast, making Josh groan. <laughs> um. Anyways, that should be cool. Uh. So that's we're all over the place. Sword Chomp Chompcast. You can find us. Um. Tune into all the cool stuff that we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll definitely take some show. cool video. I'll take some cool videos and photos for you guys and for 
both you guys as in the hosts and the fans. I'll take some Do cool it. shit. Do it. And they'll go on the VIP Instagram. Nobody else can see it. Yeah, because fuck everyone else. We, no, we still love Except, you, but... Yeah, if we you're love not, all of no, you. But if you're not part of the VIP, then fuck you! No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We love you. You have the potential Except for Chad. love. If you're part of... The, if you're in the VIP, we love you more. You know what I mean? That's just how it works. <laughs> sure, you're got our, some, you're our you're beloved our favorite children. children. Yep. Fish has some VIP club Fish, stories. we were on the same page. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Uh, anyways, we got to wrap up the show. Fish has some private VIP stories for us. VIP club stories that we can't talk about on the podcast. So let's wrap it up. For everyone here at the Sword Chomp Chompcast. They came out weird. The Sword Chomp Chompcast. The Chompcast. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Fish. Thank you, Shay. We will see you next week.